Welcome to Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. I'm Emily Fred, and I'm a dairy educator based in Union County, PA. Joining us today is Dr. Renato Schmidt from Lalamon Animal Nutrition. Thanks for being with us today, Dr. Schmidt. Would you mind telling us about yourself and your role at Lalamon? Sure. First of all, thank you, Emily. It's always nice to, to talk about silage and more and more important just to remind about silage safety. I'm originally from Brazil. I have a bachelor's degree in plant science. And then I came here to U.S. for an exchange program and work around like different farm operations. And, and then I went back home. I took my master's. And then there was an opportunity to come back here to U.S. to do my Ph.D. with Dr. Liming Kang. So I did a lot of research with silage additives, especially all sorts of additives. And this was a pretty smooth, pretty easy transition to my current role with Lalaman. So I am part of the technical team. I work with the forage products, microbinoculants, and I cover pretty much all North America. So whatever people ask me to help from troubleshooting at the farm level, training uh, distributors, doing ride-alongs, or giving talks at conference. So I, the only requirement when I got this job was yeah, you can live anywhere. Make sure that's close to an airport. That's awesome. All right. So we're going to be talking about silage and harvesting safety today. What are some common mistakes you see when it comes to safety during harvest? Um, I think for this first question, I'm just going to focus on, on one. So I would see complacency. That's by far, that's, that's the biggest, uh, that's the most dangerous one, the biggest mistake that we might do, because I, I grew up on the farm too. So in, back in, you know, back at home in Brazil, and I can see that. And we do those things like every day, every year, we have to do the planting, the harvest, we have to do the silage, we, we work with the animals. So we do all those things and we just like, well, sometimes we get on that, I got it mode so i know what i'm doing i've been doing this all my life and when you least expect something happens and then it's just you know it's just too late so i would say that would be something you know you always try not to get on that mode that you know everything that you don't have to worry about anything just you know be be a little alert on all these, you know, potential uh, dangers or hazards. Great answer. Thank you. What are some ways farmers can avoid accidents with equipment during harvest? I think, first of all, I would say do like a pre-harvest type of meeting and also just look at all the equipment, all the, the machines, like inspect everything completely just to not only see if it's in good working condition to avoid those costly breakdowns and prevent the harvest delays, but also to make sure that everything is safe and there's no like bad, like any type of wear and tear. And you just go like really like on the harvest from the harvest ahead all the way to the spout. So examine everything, any moving parts, any type of malfunctioning. And uh, I would say, Go through like a really detailed safety inspection, check the fire extinguishers, look at the caution lights and equipment if you're going on the roads, the time that you'll be like, you know, going 
on those roads if needed, safety alarms, and always wear the safety vests. And something also just to remember during, you know, planting or, or especially harvesting during the time of, you know, silage making, everybody is working long, long hours. So you still make sure that people, they get their, you know, some type of like rest, uh, they eat, and also they're hydrated because that's like, you know, peak of some summer hours. And in case there is a breakdown, then we would recommend, you know, it's not something we were expecting. It's not something that we would be happy about. It's like, oh my God, now we have like to, to stop everything and see what, what the problem is or what happened. So I would say stop, turn off the engine and put the key in your pocket. So this is, you know, this is, it's really important. Always turn off the equipment before you, you know, you get off for any reason. And make sure that you communicate if somebody is inspecting some part and, and make sure that, you know, you know that there's a person there as well. Great. Thank you. What are some things farmers should keep in mind when working with and around silage? Again, I would say that, you know, in a blink of an eye, you could be like buried under tons of silage. So it could be like that fast. You know, we, we've seen this happening. There were like reports, you know, from, from some years ago. And when we think of <clears throat> the recommended packing density that we normally say it's around 45 pounds of fresh forage per cubic feet. And you think of a volume of one cubic feet and that's 45 pounds. If you have that like falling on your head, but it's not going to be just one cubic feet. That's going to be a, you know, a lot more. So the uh, avalanches are the most, you know, common type of uh, hazards in silage. So I would, you know, really be careful not to be, you know, in front of, uh, of the face of the silo or just on some dangerous situations. I'm sure we'll be discussing about silo gas. They'll always be produced in the beginning of this ensiling process. I mentioned a previous question, you know, don't, don't be alone. If you have to be, you know, if you're alone, at least make sure somebody knows where you are and have some type of device or some communication handy. Also, there are like all these little things that we should pay attention. For example, if you're using whole tires to weight the plastic, you know, those things, they are really good to keep some like some water stagnant or to hide some, uh, some critters, insects, or even like you can trip on those things. So again, it's really important to pay attention to everything on, on a survey of those really like dangerous occupations in the U.S., Farmers, ranchers, and agricultural managers ranked number eight at the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. So those shows that we see on TV about, you know, the uh, deadliest catch with fishers, logging, all, all those things, they were like above. But farming was already number eight. So this is, you know, it's always something to keep on the back of our minds, like, you know, be careful. And if you, you, you go to silage, you see some spoiled silage too. And we have the bad habit, you know, the silage, you know, especially like some silage nerds like I am. We see some silage, we grab a sample. And it's like, oh my God, look at this. And, you know, you try to, to smell. If it's 
clearly spoiled, you know, it's a, probably a good idea not to do it. That was a super interesting statistic. There are many upright silos here in Pennsylvania. Would you mind talking a little bit about silo gas safety? Yes. The, the silos, they will be mostly produced in the first couple of weeks of ensiling. And we focus mostly on the uh, on carbon dioxide, on CO2, and, and also on the nitrogen dioxide, that's NO2, that's so-called the silo gas. First of all, the carbon dioxide, well, you know, it's dangerous because it's odorless, colorless, tasteless, and you probably just see it at sort of like a heat haze or a shimmering effect. Then you can see the, the gas being produced. And of course, this, this is, is, is toxic and can replace as much as all the oxygen that's on the confined headspace of those star silos. So every time that, you know, for some reason you need to be there, you make sure that you keep the blower running and the vents open everything just to try to dissipate that air. And even sometimes on, under those conditions, it might have, you know, some issues. So unless it's, you know, it's absolutely necessary, make sure that you have not only the, you know, the blowers or some type of uh, personal equipment that you protect from the gases. Now, the other one that's, you know, the so-called silo gas, that's the nitrogen dioxide, it is orange type of gas, depending on the concentration, might be a little more like yellowish or brownish. It smells like laundry bleach, so you can at least, you know, smell it. But if you can, it's easier, it's better to see it. If you're at the point that you're smelling it, it's not good. And it's a, a gas that's heavier than air. So sometimes on the bottom of the piles and bunkers, you might see some staining on the forage that's due to the gas. But one point that it's, it's important on the production of this gas is nitrate accumulation of the plants. So the nitrate could come from drought, it could come from frost or those challenge conditions, soil fertility imbalance in terms of nitrogen fertilization. And they will accumulate on the bottom plant, on the bottom part of the plants. So if you can afford it just to leave that little, you know, some tonnage back in the field, you're bringing not only like less nitrates, but also you leave just more fiber and moisture. So you balance a little more and you have like a higher nutrient content on the, on the forage. The ensiling process reduced the nitrate concentrations to about 40%. But there's still going to be some, uh, some nitrates over there at the, in, the, in the forage mass. And there's a group of bacteria that is responsible for this conversion of nitrates. So, oh, okay, we're not going to have the issue with, with, the, with the nitrates in the animals, but they will convert the nitrates to nitrites and nitrous oxide, which in turn will be converted to nitrogen dioxide. Now, the problem with the nitrogen dioxide, and this is actually from uh, some information I got from Ken Griswold when he was at the Penn State Extension. He is a survivor of, you know, the, the silo gas poisoning. According to him, this nitrogen dioxide is converted to nitric acid in the lungs. And of course, that's corrosive to the bronchioli and would lead to like a pulmonary edema after, I don't know, eight to 30 hours exposure. 
But according to him, the most dangerous and the scary one was actually the bronchiolitis obliterance. And that scene afterwards, after like 10 or uh, 30 days of the initial exposure. So basically, that's just scaring and narrowing of the uh, airways and also closing of the airways. So all of a sudden you wake up and you cannot breathe and you're coughing blood. So that's, that's <laughs> I would say that's pretty scary. And the fatality rate is 9 to 20%. So as you know, almost like one in five of these exposures can lead to death. Yeah, I've heard his story too. It's very, very scary. Are there any tools or equipment that could improve safety when it comes to working around silage? Yes, there are some some equipment, some some measures that we could do. We actually we had some work that we did with the University of Wisconsin Engineering Ag Engineering Department, and we and we've seen around. You know, people can wear like this harness that's connected to a safety line across the top of a bunker or the pile. But it, it was neat. The project that we did, we actually measured the tension of that safety line because you need to have some tension in case of you know falling from a height. You cannot just be like a rope, otherwise we'll, you'll probably like break, you know, break your back or something if you if you fall. So we had like a dummy with all these different sensors to see the impact of the fall. And, and we had some recommendations of material, which is, you know, it, it, it was pretty neat. So the harness with the safety line to inspect the, the top to remove plastic, that's one option. Not not very common, but I've seen it on a farm. Some people they have like a tele telehandler, and we do not, you know, please do not recommend, or we don't, we do not recommend to ride the front end loader or the bucket. So this is something you know I've done in the past, but right now it's just like why why to take the risk? As I said, if, if you know, it's not much of equipment; it's more a common sense. But if you work around silage. Again, try not to be like right in front of the face of the higher part of the face, maybe on the sides of, of a pile. And if you're on the top, either you try to have that harness or some type of safety line, or at least not to be, you know, close to like one and a half times the height of the face. And in terms of just like defacing the material, the rake, would be something a lot safer and it's a lot better also just for the face management you know you just go like straight and you go smooth and also you can do like a backwards type of angle to reduce these uh, overhangs and it's a lot better than the load bucket because load buckets sometimes they just you know they stab the face of the silo and they cannot reach all the way to the top especially some of the monster piles that i've seen you know on the west side of uh, us and also some people they like just to drive like the bucket like parallel to the face of the of the silo which might make everything a lot like easier and a lot more smooth but on the other hand you're just like right you know driving right by the face and depending on the on, on the avalanche that can you know even the cabin can do like some serious damage great thank you do you have any recommendations for how a farm owner or operator may go about training their team for harvest? And are there any resources that they could use? Yes, there are a lot of like resources available, you know, from, you know, folks like from 
from you, from, from the industry. So we see like a lot of these uh, technical guys from University Extension. You, you see videos on, on, on YouTube. We have like training also available on YouTube on silage safety. We have actually like a safety box that we offer safety vests. We offer like a poster to put on a break room. Also, there is like a sign to place in front of the silos. So it's important, you know, all this is available. So for, especially for the, for the owner or manager, you know, first of all, get informed, educate yourself. So then you can, you know, train people or ask like a, somebody else, a third party to train everybody. And especially people that are new hires. So not only they need to get like comfortable or they need to know how to operate all the different, you know, machinery and be safe, but also to know all these different, you know, hazards in terms of uh, avalanches or silo gas or, you know, all, all these different, you know, points that could pose some, uh, some hazards to health. So especially the new hires also to do every year, some sort of like a refresher with all the employers. And as you know, the more you can add just to keep that thing fresh in their minds, like, as I said, like a poster about all these different steps, you know, what to do or not to do on the break room that everybody can see, or even like signs in front of, you know, danger sign in front of the silos. So those are all available and those are all important just to keep people, you know, attentive and alert for all these type of dangers. Those are all great ideas. Do you have any take home messages for our audience? Yeah, I think I'm repeating, but that's really important. You know, it's always like, you know, always pay attention. I had a little accident back at home when we were making silage one year. And my dad had a pretty bad accident with a tractor that flipped over, also packing a silage. So it's, you know, when you, when you get to that instant and you say, oh my God, you know, before you can even like think, oh my God, it already happened. So, you know, be alert, stop, listen and watch before you do anything. You know, is anybody like, is there somebody riding the tractor or the loader or see where you are, listen, make sure people see you wear that safety vest every time you'll be out. And I guess basically the most important uh, goal in every silage program is to send all, employee, all employees home to their family safe every day. Because if, you know, if the forage program isn't safe, then, you know, and anything else would matter, nothing else would matter. And I always remember, it's like a funny quote from a former employee that we had, and he was based in Arkansas. And he used to say like, well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but then if kills you, you're dead. So that's, you know, it's simple as that. So it's just, you know, we try to try to be safe and, and always alert. Thank you, Dr. Schmidt, for talking with us today. And thank you to all of our listeners. If you have any further questions regarding this topic, you can email me at evf. 5337 at psu.edu. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday when Daniela Roland will discuss silage inoculants with Dr. Keith. Ryan.